This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. When you are an executive business leader, you really are the architect of that business. You are putting together a master plan or a blueprint for what's going to happen in the future and how your organization is going to go forward. So I want to talk about a few stages of business and what's required in those stages and also a few roles that are important along the way. So in an early stage of a business, this is a time when you might be what I'm going to call the chief cook and bottle washer. You're very hands-on, and I call this the hands-on phase. During this time, you're really getting to know the ins and outs of your business, how it works, how to do different positions and different roles, and what's needed in different positions and roles and at different levels. You're also starting to craft the kind of culture that you want your business to reflect. How do you want things to be done in your organization? The way you want things done around here. How do you want to treat people? You're beginning to put all of those wheels in motion. Now, hopefully, when you're in this hands-on chief cook and bottle washer phase, you're not there, hopefully, for too long You want to be able to go into the next phase, which is an early growth phase, which I'll call a strategic phase. And in the strategic phase, you're looking out to see who are some ace players that you can recruit and bring to your company who will take over the major daily functions, the daily operations of the business. And so when you've got these other players in place and they're running all of the daily operations, you then can continue to rise up and have a strategic view of the overall enterprise and the whole operation. So for these ace players, not only do they need to be skilled and able to run these areas pretty much independently, obviously with your guidance and direction, but you want people who bring expertise because you're still at the stage where you don't have time to do a whole lot of coaching and developing of someone who's got a whole lot to learn. So you're bringing in people who already know what they're doing so that they can begin coaching and developing others, including some who may not know as much. And that's fine for them to be able to do at that point. So not only do they need to have the skills and the abilities, you want them to fit in with the culture that you are cultivating And you want them to also help continue to grow the culture that you've started. So that's that next phase, which I'll call kind of the strategic phase. Then when we get to the third phase, I'll call that, this is really the executive stage here. You've now got these great ace players in place. They're developing some high performance teams in the organization, and you're continuing to build and define and highlight more about the culture and who you are and who you're going to be in the marketplace. And you become 
an ambassador. You're out there talking about the story of your organization. Who are you here to serve? What makes you distinctive and what makes you new and different? You may be out there in such a way as an ambassador, it brings new opportunities into the business as well. What you're not doing when you're in the executive phase is you're not running the day-to-day operations, nor are you dipping way down into the weeds, doing the jobs that you've hired, hopefully, good people to resource and to do. In the startup part of the business, that's when you're kind of like the visionary person, and that's one of the roles. And as an executive leader, you always want to carry that visionary piece forward, no matter what stage of the business you may be in. Companies sometimes are in a phase or a season in their development when they might require what we could call a turnaround artist or a turnaround specialist. This is somebody who comes in and says, you know, here's where we need to do some surgical cuts. Here's where we need to cut some fat or things that aren't working. And here's how we may need to reorganize and get aligned for future success. And sometimes that can be a very painful process. Instead of being the surgeon and you're going through the surgery and the anesthesia, sometimes it can feel like the hatchet man has actually arrived to do the turnaround because it's quick and sometimes it's deep and very involved. And here's the thing to keep in mind. Many people who are excellent turnaround managers, turnaround surgeons and leaders, They're not very good at the next phase, which I'll call the maintainer phase. In the maintainer phase, you now have the right people in the organization, in the right positions, and you're wanting to grow and develop those people. You have to keep the beat. You're no longer at the startup phase where you're casting vision for the first time and you're building and growing from zero, and you're no longer having to turn around something that needs to be fixed but you're maintaining something that's going in the right direction and you're steering the ship so that you keep going in the right direction. And even as you're in the maintainer phase, never lose sight of the necessity for the ongoing reinvention, innovation, and the creativity to keep the business relevant. That's always going to be important. So there are times when, let's say you are the entrepreneur who even started the company and started the business, you may not be the one who's going to be the best maintainer. Maybe that's boring to you. Maybe you don't like the maintaining role. And if you want to stay in your own company that you've created, sometimes what founders do is they'll hire someone else to come in in those executive maintaining roles so they can work elsewhere in the business. And at other times, that's the time you might decide to sell the company and to cash out. Because if you're really a startup kind of person and that's what you love, you may go out and start something else. So you want to be conscious and aware of where your passion is, your energy is, and your skill set, whether in starting up, maintaining, or in coming in to fix or turn something around. In those early stages, When you are in the hands-on business, one of the watchouts you want to keep in mind is not to just create for yourself a job. If you create for yourself a job, that means you're always going to remain hands-on in the weeds of the business. You haven't really created a business where you can rise up 
to the strategic level and up to the executive level because you're still working too much in the business. So decide, am I wanting to just do a job or am I really creating a business? And when you stay in that hands-on phase too long too, you ensure that the business stays small and is not able to grow. There's only so many hours in a day and you're just one person and you can't do chief cook and bottle washer for every job for too long unless your organization remains very, very tiny. So just consider all of that when you think about your organization and assessing what does your organization need right now? Where do you fit in to what your organization needs right now? Are you in the right job? Are you in the right seat, so to speak, on the bus, even of your own organization? And even if you're the founder, even if you're the starter of the organization, is it time to move on? Is it time to create a new job? Is it time to bring somebody in who even will be the executive over you? So these are hard choices, hard decisions, but your business needs different things at different stages. So always be taking a look and making those kinds of determinations. So as we think about today's segment and think about the biblical word of wisdom that goes with this, I was reminded of the Queen of Sheba. The Queen of Sheba, when she went to visit King Solomon, King Solomon was known as the wisest man in the world at the time. He was also one of the most wealthy people who ever existed in addition. And she had heard so many things about his wealth, about his wisdom, and how great he was. And she wanted to find out and see for herself who is the Solomon and what he's about. And so I want to just read a little bit about that and pay attention to what she noticed about the organization that Solomon had built around him. So this is 1 Kings, the 10th chapter, verses 4 through 8. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, and the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway, by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed the half was not told me your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men, and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Let that be true of your organization as well, that your people will be happy to be in your service and to hear your wisdom. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create 
a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says, contact us. That's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.